Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 145, Realizing Health Through Trauma with Sharon Strimling. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. My guest on today's episode is Sharon Strimling. And this conversation, for a couple of reasons, is one I've been wanting to have for a while. So one, I've just been wanting to talk with Sharon because um, we kind of run in the same circles, you might say, uh, but we've never actually met, never really gotten to talk until we sat down for this conversation this week. Um, so I was excited about that. And what I had heard of her, I loved. So I was I was really looking forward to having a nice long conversation with her, which we ended up having. We went uh, about an hour, but I just, we could have gone on forever. And we both got off and thought we were talking for like 10 minutes. <laughs> so uh, it's just one of those conversations. And I think you'll find it that way too. But the other thing um, that made me so excited about this one is I've, I've you know, it feels like on every episode, uh, we're looking at that space beyond psychology where I'm always, if I have a guest especially, um, well, a guest or when it's just me, wanting to to see like, what's it like, you know, to feel beyond our experience, to feel everything 100% fully that moves through us, but know that it's not us, know that 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 there's so much more beyond it to truly feel like we're in the illusion, fully in the illusion, but also knowing it's an illusion. And how is it? And again, mostly when I talk with guests, I always want to know, like, how how did you wake up? And and not as if it's a one-shot thing. Like, oh, Sharon had all this trauma and PTSD and all of this stuff and she woke up. It's not that way at all for almost anyone. I don't, I don't know that it is that way for anyone. And it certainly wasn't for Sharon. And I love that she talks about it. it. Like, like we get to really look at that because it isn't that way, but it kind of is that way. <laughs> There's, there are things that are seen, you know, throughout life. And for sure, when we get into these conversations and this new paradigm, but anytime in life, there are things that are seen. And when things are seen, things look different. And at the exact same time, as Sharon talks about, she had a lot of face in the mud experiences and still has them. And we do. That's how it goes. So I know that listeners are so interested. That's why I love these conversations because I know that people are are thinking, well, what does it actually look and feel like as you start to wake up to some of this stuff? And of course, our mind wants to tell so many stories. I'll never fall into, I'll never feel depressed again. Like, oh, once I see this, I might feel anxious, but I would never have a panic attack again. And just all the stuff a mind, you know, a mind just loves to make up stories and think it sounds like it knows what it's talking about. So talking with real people and getting to see so much of that, those made up stories squashed, I think uh, is just so helpful for all of us. So you're going to love this conversation. I love the way Sharon talks about this and how she shares how life is for her. Um, yeah, we had a great time. So enjoy. 
Hi, Sharon. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, me too. (laughs) We finally get to talk together. I know. I know. I love that. When um, We've talked about this a little before. Like, I love when you finally get to just dive in, not just the small talk either, but you're diving into like a real amazing conversation with someone you've wanted to talk with for a long time. Yes. Yeah. So maybe for the listeners and for me, uh, tell us a little bit about, yeah, who you are and kind of how you, just the short version for now, like how you kind of came into this understanding. Oh, sure. The short version. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The short version is, um, my name is Sharon Sturmling. I am um, someone who I, I guess I would say was really lucky to have heard something that was super helpful to me years ago. Um, and, uh, and now I get to share that with other people, which is such a joy. Um, I, um, how would I describe myself? You know, the first thing that occurred to me when you said, who are you? I thought, I'm a messy human being. <laughs> I'm a messy human being with um, what's turned out to be such a rich life. And um, the fact that those things can be held together by something um, beautiful, like there's an understanding that puts that all together, yeah. uh, really touches me. So I coach and I consult with people from all areas of life. I spend a lot of time with young people who are struggling with their, their well-being, their, their sense of well-being. And um, I'm particularly interested in how when we find ourselves moving through hard times and we, we find peace and we find inspiration and we find a way to actually have hard times and, and be okay with it, um, we also can show up for the world in a different way. So it feels like a very personal journey and also a global journey. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that about the messy and amazing, joyful life. You know, like I think, who knew? It, it always looked to right. me, I know, like, right, like it's one or the other. You better clean up your mess if you want to be happy. So I love that just that that stuck out for you too and that you can embrace both. Oh, Yeah. You know, I have a I have um a book I'm working on and I, I don't know whether one chapter or the title. It might just be a chapter, but at one point it was gonna be the title was a perfect mess. Hmm. And I think most people would hear mess in that, but I hear perfection. Yeah. And it's take it's been a long journey to get there. <laughs> it's been a long journey to get there. Um I had, you know, I I had a realization actually just fairly recently that that even still I would look at people when I was when I was little I, I I wanted to be like the wise old woman on the hill I don't know how that that came to me but that was who I wanted to be and um and I saw somebody with a lot of equanimity I saw somebody who really had a lot of stillness and moved through life with grace and and I realized that I was kind of hanging on to that even till recently when I finally went, you know what? I, I don't actually look like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's wisdom and there's a lot of love, but it doesn't look like that. It looks like me. And that's somehow different. I don't even want to label it, but it doesn't look exactly like that. And it can look like anything. 
And I, I love it when I work with people or I talk with people even just in casual conversations and they feel just a little bit more that there's a beauty to who they already are and they can just be themselves. Yeah. And we can show up to life unashamed of being, you know, grumpy sometimes or really down sometimes or pissed off or whatever we are. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did you learn that? Well, um, I was actually, so I had PTSD, um, which I thought was a lifelong condition. I'd been, that was the education that I had received. I'd have that forever. And I had um, pretty intense depression um, at times um, and uh, anxiety attacks that would put me in the ER thinking I was, something was wrong with my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I was really, really devoted to healing and the way that I knew how. And so I was, I was doing um, probably about over four hours a week of therapy, wow, trauma therapy. And I was working with a wonderful woman. She's just uh, very loving and wise and beautiful. And but the practice that we engaged in was was going back into my issues going back into my memories, going back into the things that had happened and sort of sorting through them and feeling the emotions of doing that and catharting. And honestly, I'm sure there was a lot of benefit that I won't even know how to identify from exploring in a way. But I I started to have a sense that I was getting further and further from what I wanted. What I wanted was to be alive in life and present and aware of other people <laughs> and aware of the trees. And, you know, um, I didn't want to be in my head all the time, but I thought that being in my head was, and, and going into the trauma and kind of cleaning it up was I would pop through the other side into presence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it started to feel like that was a bottomless pit for me. I really started to think it's a bottomless pit and I started to feel very self-absorbed. Um, and just as that was happening, I had a session with my therapist where I ended up hiding behind a couch because I went back into something really terrifying. And she took me out of the session at the end and, uh, into the woods. And I took my shoes and socks off and put my feet in the ground before I could drive home because I was so not in myself. I was so not here. I was in the past. And when I came back that I still have, I have yet to ask her like what part of that did that play and, and what happened with you? But when I came back to the next session, she had decided to stop doing what she was doing. She had come across this understanding and she had decided to take a break for a year to learn it. And the sincerity of her voice and the way that she was dedicated to having the best possible experiences for, you know, her, her clients or patients really touched me. So um, anyway, long story short, I, I, I fell into this understanding because she, she basically introduced it to me through somebody else, through Anika Hurwitz-Shan. And um, I was very skeptical that, there was a, that, that what Anika was saying, which is there's a way to be present now. There's a way to have life now, not later. There's a way that you already have life now, but for some misunderstandings. And um, I was very skeptical. I was very analytical. And I, you know, I had, I trusted what I had learned. And I, I said to her, I said, you know, I, I want to believe you, 
but I have to argue with you for a while. I have to see that this makes sense. And she was very patient with me and she, she let me ask all my questions, which is one of the reasons I really welcome the questions and the doubt and the skepticism I needed to do that for myself. It had to make sense to me before I was really willing to kind of sink into it. But uh, that's what happened. Everything I asked her, she'd, she'd give me an answer that would sound like truth. And I felt in her a presence that was unlike a presence I had felt before. A way that the words that were coming through her didn't feel programmed. The words that were coming through her didn't feel taught. They didn't feel like somebody else's words. They felt like her words. They felt like words that, uh, well, more universal than that. It felt like a message that I could that I that I could trust and made sense to me. So that was the start of a long journey, um, and I I remember feeling at the end. I said to her, I said, you know, I feel like I've been let out of prison, which was so interesting because I hadn't. You know, I had difficulties. I had PTSD, depression, anxiety, but I felt like I had a good life. I mean, I did. I didn't feel like I was in prison before. But the contrast for me with understanding that I, I could do any work I wanted to do, and I could follow any path that felt rich to me, and I could explore any pain that I felt called to explore, that was fine. But that I could be awake to life now <laughs> was news to me. That I could already, you know, that idea that like when I'm better, I can get in a relationship. When I'm better, I can stop working so hard and just take a day off. The idea that by taking a nap or taking a walk or having a cup of tea with a friend or watching a movie, that was useful. That was beneficial. That would feed me in a way. That would, that there was a natural healing that was taking place without my working on it. And I had, I had that at my service. You know, I had that at my back. The wind was at my back and I could move forward. That was new to me. So it was a, it was a remarkable um, opening I'll always be grateful for. That is so huge that um, I know that feeling of I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And implied in that is not there yet. Someday, you know, and, and gosh, just to think it's not something I can so feel that when you share it, it's not something we're even consciously aware of so often, how right. much we're putting life on hold, but it's just built into that idea that we need to work on it. And then, you know, so I can feel yeah. how you'd be let out of prison, right? By yeah. saying, oh, it's, it's, it's work on whatever you want to work on, but life is happening right now and you can enjoy it right now. Yes. That's huge. Yeah, it was, it was huge for me. It was huge for me. So I walked out into the sunlight. I remember I had a boyfriend at the time who had been trying to get to work on all kinds of stuff with me emotionally. And I, I went back to him after four days and I said, he said, how are you? I said, I'm, I'm great. I'm fine. Really? Yeah, I'm totally great. I'm fine. He's like, and he, said, <laughs> and, and he said, really? I said, yeah. And, and by the way, so are we. <laughs> like, we're fine. Don't worry about it. We don't have to, we don't have to go into that stuff. I thought we had to go into, Yeah, we can, we can grow and learn the way nature grows and learns by being alive. Wow. You know, I love that. Like I heard a quote once from Tony Bennett. It was in, um, it was in the documentary, Amy, about Amy Winehouse. 
And mm. Tony Bennett had been singing with her some duets near the end of her life. And he said, and I, and I don't remember the quote perfectly, but he said something along the lines of, you know, she died so young and she struggled so much. And if she could just hang on a little longer, she would see that life shows us how to live it. Oh, in the God. living of it, life shows us how to live it. It's built mm. in. No, isn't that amazing? And I just got such a rush. <laughs> I know it's, but it, but you just said the same thing. You know, it's just it's in the in the living of it that yeah. we're constantly seeing new things. That, but it's but it's almost like it's so in real time that our yeah. mind can't handle it. You know, because our mind's always looking out there a little bit. It's just it's closer than that. Yeah. Oh, I love how you said that. It's closer than that. You know, I never want anybody to think that what I'm saying is like, um, you know, I was, I was in so much pain and then I was freed from pain forever. Like that, that's not it. Like what's close to home, what's close is this moment. And sometimes this moment has me on my knees, has me face down in the mud. Ultimately, ultimately, and we can talk about how this happens, but ultimately, real presence, I, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't feel face down in the mud. I'd feel a flow of pain or a flow of loss or a flow of something. But, but in real time, in real life, in my experience, you know, there's times when I'm on my knees, <laughs> right? But, um, but now I see that as, um, Maybe not when I'm in it, but in general, most of the time, I see that as part of the full experience of walking this planet, of having been born to this world. Yeah. And, um, and it's no more real or meaningful or true what I see when I'm on my knees than what I see when I'm in love or in peace or, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean what I used to think it me- meant. And that, and that for me was the freedom and that I had to see from my own skepticism and then my own looking and then my own willingness to see was how is it, how is it that pain can be okay? You know, and I started looking around, I started looking at nature. I've actually, this weekend was a beautiful retreat by uh, people you know and love dearly, I'm sure, Jenny and Dave. Um, and, uh, Jenny Anderson and Dave Ellery, and it's a beautiful retreat where they spoke a lot, Dave, well, they both do, they both speak really beautifully to nature. And, and there's a metaphor they use that I love, which is a rainbow, you know, light comes through. Well, in that case, light mixes with with the moisture in the air and forms a rainbow, or if you picture light coming through a prism and in your window and it refracts into all the colors of the rainbow. And, and we all love the rainbow. We all love that full color experience where certain colors aren't better than others. And it's all the light. And I started to see like, what's wrong with certain colors of the rainbow? When, when all of me has an experience of one end or the other, pain or joy. Why would I want to start cutting that out? So PTSD, depression, anxiety, they just slowly over time, they morphed into experience in the moment. 
some that I like and some that I don't like. <laughs> something in how you first said that just kind of sparked something in me. So it's like, um, for sure, we our mind tells us that certain colors are okay, certain feelings are okay, others are not all the time, right? But but I think there's something even different, slightly different in that, in, in the way that you said it around like, when you're feeling really face in the mud, there's still, and you tell me how this sounds to you, but it's like, it doesn't even mean that, oh, I'm, I'm not seeing something. I hear this from people all the time. Like, oh, what am mm. I missing? What am I not seeing? Yeah. You know, what am I forgetting? And of course, it feels that way when face in the mud feels like it shouldn't be happening. There yeah. must be some problem or something we're not seeing. And I think I always feel guilty that like I contribute to that in a sense, because we talk about the more we see things a little more clearly, you know, it does it does make for for a different experience, but not moment to moment. Like we, or even a different experience of face in the mud, and sometimes not. Right. <laughs> so anyway, the, do you know what I mean? Like, it, like everything's such a paradox. It's like yes, it changes your life, it changes your experience, and it also kind of doesn't, and that's okay too. So, yeah. is would you say that, or how would you say it? Like, it kind of sounded to me like you were saying, like even when I'm facing the mud, I'm full of wisdom, like that doesn't mean I'm missing something versus when I'm joyful and happy, now I'm getting it. Yeah, that's something I forget and remember all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I probably forget it more than I remember it. But, you know, we make up these arbitrary ideas about, or I did, I made up arbitrary ideas about life. And I know that sometimes my, you know, my the people I work with will come to me and they'll say, well, you know, I was, I was a bit worse this week or, you know, I was down more. And when will I get to the point where that doesn't happen anymore? And I say, well, exactly what, like what exactly wouldn't happen anymore? Well, I wouldn't be down so much. Okay. Well, well, so how much is, how much is acceptable? How much, like, do you think, like, do you want to be never down? Well, no, 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 I don't want that. Well, you know, and some people will say, you know, then I wouldn't appreciate the well-being or no, it doesn't seem realistic. They'll have their, they'll have their common sense reason for why being down sometimes, you know, it's, we're not going to never be down. They get that. But then I say, well, how many minutes a day is okay? And how many minutes a day isn't, right? Like I realized, like, how do we make up that number when we've arrived? And it makes it look like there's a destination. It makes it look like there's a time when I've arrived. When I will have X number of minutes and X number of days where I am generous and kind and loving and I will have X number of minutes and X number of days where I can be grumpy. Like it's so, we make it up and then we, we don't even realize we're making it up. Or at least for me, I make it up and then I don't realize I'm making it up. And then suddenly I have something to live up to and I have to get there and there's a destination. And, you know, for ages, forever, people who have had deep insights have said, you're already there. There's nowhere to go. But and 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 they've spoken of a simplicity and they've spoken of a way that, you know, we already are what we're looking for. And it never really made sense. It sounded good, but it was like, but how is that real? Well, this is how it's real. Because there isn't an experience that I can see in human form where we are pure bliss 
or well-being or peace all the time. It doesn't exist. So what is there to get to? And and lately, I, I was telling you a bit earlier, you know, I really got knocked to my knees over the past few years, and I've been in this understanding a long time. But here's what's different. It's not a constant. And the reason it's not a constant is because there's a misunderstanding that I'm not falling into, that I used to fall into, that I used to have. And that misunderstanding is that if I'm really feeling um, lost, you know, or in whatever form that takes, I don't feel like myself. Isn't that an interesting expression? I don't feel like myself. Well, yeah, I'm feeling a bunch of wild and crazy thinking, right? Or I'm feeling consciousness or energy or whatever you want to call it. I'm feeling something, but it's not, it's not that true self that's always there. I don't feel myself. And, and then it's like I'm having a nightmare. And then I, I wake up and I'm awake. And it could be an hour later, it could be three minutes later, it could be five hours later. But at some point I wake up, I'm, I'm hungry and I, I'm like excited about the, you know, the sandwich in my fridge. I don't, I don't know how these things come out of my mouth. I don't eat sandwiches, but you know, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited about the sandwich for a minute, you know, or I really taste something delicious or um, I'm tired and I just think, oh, I got a nap or just something just pulls me into the present. Or isn't it amazing when like, you know, somebody might call, a friend might call having a hard time or something happened to somebody else in the world and I fall out of myself and I just wake up. It happens to us all the time, but it's so ordinary. So that always happened to me. In the height of my depression, that happened to me. I got pulled into the present moment, but I didn't notice, or if I did, I'd think, well, now that I feel good or now that I feel present, let me think about that horrible time I had five minutes or five hours ago and work on it. Now I think that makes about as much sense to me as it does to work on the nightmare I had. You know, I see that it's a thought creation, just like in my sleep. I see that it's something that came and it went and it was okay. It was fine. And now I'm awake to life and present. Like, why would I blow that going anywhere else? How about if I, you know, enjoy something around me or someone around me? How about if I have that connection I wanted that I was going to therapy for? How about if I'm just not in myself right now? I'm just with someone. And so the graph that would look like, okay, I'm really down and now I'm up a little bit. So now I'm working on being down, you know, and then it dips down again. I'm really feeling down because I've just stressed my brain again. And then I'm up again and I'm stressing my brain again. And then I'm thinking about who to call for help. And that's all fine. We're, like I said, working on it, calling for help, it's all fine. But if I spend every moment that I'm being, I'm being pulled towards presence with a misunderstanding that I better use that time to work on the pain then when am I actually present? And so what's different, I would say for me now is that I can, I can have huge pain. And then I wake up and I have huge joy or I have moderate okayness. I have anything in between. So it becomes a moment to moment experience. And I think that's why, to me, I realized I'm not that person who, you know, looks like they have total equanimity. I don't know if, you know, I don't know how many people are. Some people probably are more than I am. But I, I find that as I flow with life, I, I had dinner with a, a colleague and a friend one time, and it was during that time. And during dinner, <laughs> at the end, she was like, oh, my God, because I had, we had been hysterically laughing. We'd been crying. I'd been crying. She wasn't crying. Um, we'd been thoughtful. We'd had, like, in one dinner, all of these different states. <laughs> That's funny. 
Yeah, it is. It is. And to just, like you said, that's always been happening, but we just yeah. don't really have the eyes to see it until you have a bigger sense of, oh yeah, that is always happening. And that's meant to always happen and it's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just so easy for us to get pulled into any feeling yeah, and in our mind in an instant tell a meaningful story about it. Yes. And that's what I see a lot with um, people who have been through trauma and all of that, especially I work with a lot of people who have been abused as children and are now adults, you know, and, and it's like those, the stories and the meaning that their mind gave to these horrible events when they were so young are sticky and they, they're, they're protective in a sense. Their brain thinks they're protecting them, you know, so they come yeah. to the rescue to interpret things through that lens all the time. And I wonder how, how that was for you, if yeah. you could speak a bit to kind of coming out of that. Because it always feels to me a bit like, um, like you know, putting a tea bag in the hot water and you talk with someone. You can see them clear and present and confident and then they sort of fall into a mood and memories and all of that. And it's like, wow, now that water is just infused with something completely different. And And as you said, sometimes you see around it, sometimes you don't. But yeah, like what what was that? And that's probably a very big question, but say a bit if you can about kind of how how waking up to that has been for you. Yeah. Let me just be quiet for a second because you know it's been it's been twenty five years of waking up. <laughs> I think it'll be the rest of my life. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I, I just had a thought, and, and it, it escaped me, but I, I felt like it was really, really spoke to this. Let's see if it comes back. Well, I don't know if it'll come back, but you know, what I, what I noticed was that it wasn't just, let me work on my problems when, when I popped up for air. When I woke up, it wasn't just, let me work on the nightmare. It was, what if the nightmare comes back? you know, in a tonight, what if the nightmare comes back in an hour? And then it was, well, if it comes back, what if the depression, you know, is this depression? But, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing well for a while and then I start to feel down and it's not just the down, it's the down and then the, uh uh-oh, am I falling back into depression? Right. And then it's the, if I do, will I, what will happen to my work? You know, or, um, you know, there can just be a whole cascade of meaning around that. And what does it mean about me? And am I a failure? And meaning upon meaning upon meaning. Instead of just, I am having feeling because something is coming through me. And it's not up to me. It really isn't. This is something that has meant a lot to me to see that there's, you know, we have, what is it like 6,000 thoughts a second or something crazy? You'd know better than I would, but an enormous amount of, of thinking that's that's mm-hmm. moving through us or i you know i i kind of like to call it creative energy or something you know something um and it's bringing me experience all the time and it's really not down to me to direct that it's it's just uh what's happening and so i take that on less but but as those cascading thoughts would come you know, I'd be frightened. And so, of course, I'd feel worse and worse. The more frightened I'd get, I'd feel worse and worse. 
And I, um, there's, let's see, there's just so many examples of this in my life and it, it's still, so I, I, I'm in a beautiful relationship now, which I had wanted, you know, I, I, there are moments that I'm having now that I didn't always have, you know, um, and, and I was, I was with my, my sweetie and we were having this wonderful, just time together, just super relaxed and having a nice time. And, and I noticed my thinking going to, um, how long will this last? You know, what if I lose him? Um, what if he dies? What, you know, how long could this last? And I know that was a lot of, you know, when I was little, I was just always expecting the next shoe to drop. Yeah. And this is many years later. This is recent. And I, I just noticed in that moment, oh my God, I, I have that thing that I wanted in the future right now, but I don't have it in this moment when I'm in that space, yeah. you know, like it's gone now. <laughs> it's gone in this moment. And I just saw through what my mind was doing. Like I have it right now. Why not just be with it right now? And, and sometimes waking up that way kind of clears the space to have it. And sometimes it, it doesn't. You just get thought, lost in your thought storm. But I think that what I, what I have a sense of now that's different is, and that I, I really took a while to learn, was that there's a way that I'm okay beneath my experience. There's a way that I'm okay. There's a way that the, you know, we talk about the ocean a lot, that the ocean is really still and, and calm beneath the surface. And I'll just share a quick metaphor for me about the healing process and what kind of made a lot of sense to me at one point, encouraged me at one point, which is that when you're little and you get a cut, usually there's, you know, if there's an adult around, it's, n it's not a big event. Like you get a cut, but when you're little, you could think it's a big event, right? And there's bleeding happening. And what does that mean? Will I die? And there's pain happening. And what does that mean? Will it hurt forever? Right? And there's something clearly not right happening. And what do I have to do to fix it? Yeah. But usually there's an adult around. And they give you this incredible education in like two minutes flat. And the first thing they say is, you're okay. You're going to be okay. And then, and then they'll usually say like, let's, let's wash it. Let's wash it. You don't want it to be dirty. And now you're getting an education in the immune system and infection and germs. So you learn based on how things work that it's as simple as let's wash it. Maybe we put a little antibiotic ointment on it. And then let's put a Band-Aid on it. Now don't touch it. And now you're finding out that you don't have to do this. Right? And often the last thing that that adult will say is, now go back out and play. Like, go back out and have your life. Your body's got this. And I often think, what would it have been like to go through what I went through if that had been the response? Yeah. A deep, calm knowing from somebody who'd seen this, you're okay, you'll be okay. And a deep, calm knowing of how it works which is, you know, sort of the equivalent of if, if you pick at this <laughs> and you try to fix it yourself, you're likely to get a scar. You can do it. You can pick at it. 
And it'll still and heal, I, but it's not. And it'll heal. still heal. <laughs> <laughs> you might get an infection and, you know, and the itching doesn't necessarily mean scratch it, right? Because yeah. we do itch and we want to scratch it. And then, and then you cannot touch it. And there's a way that life's healing you. You're designed to heal. Your psychology is designed to heal. And then, so go back out and have your life. That's what I saw at the end of my yeah. retreat. Wow. And, and think about the consequences of that. Like if I didn't know that and I got a cut as a little girl, I might have stayed up all night holding that skin together and not sleeping because I thought it was my job to do that. Yeah. Or I might have tried to glue it together and cause an infection, you know? I mean, I could have, you know, conceivably died, which can happen to us when we don't realize we're okay. We can. We can bring ourselves to that point. And it's a two-minute education that's so obvious to us. And we underestimate the miracle of that skin healing. Like, it is an absolute miracle. Yeah. And who would believe it if you didn't know it? Who would believe it if you didn't already know your whole life that a cut would heal? And somebody would say to you, you don't have to do anything. It's going to grow itself back together. You'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) and if they said to you, you know, it'll get infected if you get it dirty and you go, that stuff's invisible. I can't see. Nothing could hurt me. Like, it's I can't see anything. Nothing in there is going to make pus. Like, that's crazy. Right? But when you know how it works and you know it's not all up to you. I think that was the most profound realization that I had early on. This this isn't down to me. I can make choices. I can do things that make sense. I can cry if I'm sad. I can nap if I'm tired. I can lie in bed if that's what's, you know, I remember stories in your book about that. Like, it's okay. Lie in bed. Who says that's, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? I can listen and I can listen. And at some point, like a beach ball that's being held underwater, my letting go, that beach ball is going to pop up. And when I take my hands off that little cut, it's going to find its way past my, you know, my futile efforts and it's going to heal. I have no idea if I just answered your question. Oh my gosh. I don't even remember the question, but that I love <laughs> that so much. I love that, uh, that metaphor, which we talk about often, you know, but, but I love how you shared it where that's just so intuitively what a caring adult who knows how life works would do down to the first thing you just intuitively say, which is you're okay. Yeah. It right away calms, calms the person, right? Mm-hmm. To the last thing you intuitively say is go live your life. You're good now. There's nothing okay. else you have to check on. I just love that so much. I mean, it, it's, yes, it just describes this, this all so perfectly. Um, and you're right. It makes the biggest difference in the world. Like seeing that, yes, we might still feel pain. Yes, we might still worry. Yes, we're still, it's still going to itch and we have that inclination to check on it and all of that. But, but our understanding just kind of takes care of that. And then we just, we just do, it always sounds so like not enough to say it, but we just do what makes sense. Like you said, you cry when you need to cry. You sleep when you need to sleep. You you know, if, if we can follow that and man, it's hard sometimes, but, yeah. but I think of it often as like the, uh, melting the ice because in the ice, there's all that story and everything's just so rigid. But when the ice melts, it's like the river just goes where it needs to go. 
And we do that in our lives moment to moment. And I see that too. And that sounds like what you're saying, like that's where the healing is. But it's so hard for a mind to know that. Our mind wants to go to work on it and make it more complicated. Yeah. Yeah, mine sure did. And still often does. (laughs) And I still can get spooked. I can still think, you know, I'm too down or I'm down for too long. (laughs) You know, I I can make that up, but I can also catch on to it. And I, you know, I, I embrace so many things. We were talking about this before, but I embrace anything now, you know, calling for help. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, one funny, funny thing was in that super hard time a couple of years ago, I started, um, I, I had a friend who was really into Marvel movies. <laughs> and I had not, you know, I, I sort of am a person that I, I guess I, I usually am like focused on what's, um, what's a meaningful way to like spend my time. Like one of you, one of the people who spoke with you in the book, I think she was coming from that. Like, this is a meaningful way to spend my time. And, and I, you know, so I, I didn't typically watch a lot of movies unless they were documentaries or art forms of some kind, you know, that I, I identified that way. And, but my friend was really into these Marvel movies. And I tell you, I spent a winter watching Marvel movies. And um, I, uh, one of my dear mentors is, is Linda Pettit. And I talked to her about it. And she's like, there's such brilliance in that. Like, those, those are archetypal stories, you know? And I was like, mm-hmm. it just feels right. It just feels right to like, <laughs> watch a Marvel movie, you know, and see good triumph over evil and eat popcorn and it's so freeing to just embrace that the, you know, a certain amount of trust that actually really had to build for me over time. Like I, I never tell people trust me or trust this, like, no, through experience, you don't tell a child to trust that their cut will heal. You just give them a little tip. And, and over time, it's obvious to them that a cut will heal, but they learn that through their own experience. And what I'm learning through my own experience is I can, I can trust these bizarre prompts that don't look like what somebody else's prompt looks like. Yeah. To move through life. And I don't just mean heal. I mean, chart my life, you know, moment to moment without a big meaning on how it's supposed to go or what it's supposed to look like. I'll tell you one quick one um, story. Uh, when my when my dad died um, about, I don't know, 17 years ago or something, um, I had, it had been a very intense time. In, in my life, um, I had just gotten married in a hurry with a fast wedding to get it before my dad died. It was beautiful. Um, and uh, I had started a new business and I had, I, I can make the list. I was tired. I was tired. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember um, having this insight because uh, I was, I was starting this business and and it was a question of whether I should. And I had the insight, drop it, lie on the couch and eat bonbons. <laughs> and I was like stunned because like I've, I had never spoken the words bonbons. Like that just wasn't part of my vernacular. <laughs> in, in hindsight, to me, that's like sure on clue that that came from beyond because right. like that was not my <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I um, was, I am a health coach, but I, I was practicing as a health coach. And, and I just thought, God, that sounds like depression. 
lie on the couch and eat bonbons does not sound like a healthy prompt. And I dismissed it. I did not trust it. And I started this business right before the huge economic crash here. And the reason I did it was because I thought that I had to secure some financial stability. And so my intellect had taken over because I thought I couldn't afford to lie on a couch and eat bonbons either. Bonbons either. Mm. Anyway, I ended up losing my, my life savings, everything in the crash. Ended up on the couch, <laughs> but with a lot less going for me financially. <laughs> and, and in retrospect, it was so clear to me, you know, I could have laid there for five years eating bonbons and been in better shape, you know, financially than I, than I was. But the other thing I realized is that's an impulse for a moment. By the time I got that box of bonbons, whatever they are, home and onto the couch, like I might have had one and then my next impulse could have been, well done, well done, you listened, you know, like now I kind of feel like some broccoli and going for a walk, you know. Mm-hmm. We think that we, we attribute so much meaning into the future to every decision or I did to every decision I make or every path I take. And now I realize just so much like this is really truly a moment to moment experience. Life shows up and it shows up hard and it shows up soft and it shows up pretty and it shows up ugly and it shows up. And the more that, the more that that doesn't mean I'm in trauma or I have a future of anxiety or I have a future of depression. It's just a moment to moment experience and I'm just listening to it and just navigating my way in my messy bumbling way. The more that um, something else starts to happen, which is the cut heals. Yeah. It just heals on its own when I'm not looking. And I'll tell you a year after I learned the principles, I was in a, I was in a, a group, it was a weekend retreat and people went around the room and kind of shared experiences. And a few people mentioned depression and medication. And when it got to me, I said, oh my God, I was on antidepressants. I never purposely stopped. I have no idea when I stopped. I have no idea where they are. And I completely forgot. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I completely forgot about my depression. I didn't try to make it go away. I wouldn't even talk about being cognizant of a healing experience. I just forgot. And it really reminded me of the cut or like, you know, when you've got like a cut and then once it heals, you forget where it was. You forget you had it. And somebody says, hey, how's your cut? And you're like, oh, that's right. I cut myself. Yeah. Well, what if the mind's like that? What if what we call trauma is like that? What if it gets forgotten? Yeah. And I think that blew me away more than anything else about about this, uh, the way that life moves us. That when in presence, the the past doesn't just get healed. Healed. It can be forgotten entirely. Wow. And now I recall things when usually when it's painful things, when it's useful to someone else, and then it's just a, a cool prompt. That's so amazing. Like, I I don't know. There's just so much in coming to see that we don't, yeah, like 
we don't have to carry it around. We don't have to check on it. We don't have to work on it. <laughs> you know, in this, this like work ethic that we're taught in other areas of life does not apply to our mind no. or our body, really. Like, yeah. You know, and, and I, and, and I, really hear what you're saying and see this so much, especially with abuse and trauma, um, that it's a moment to moment thing that, that there's so much meaning. And I think this is again, just a a super protective thing. Our brain does, it goes into overdrive to make meaning of everything, to try to keep us safe. And then that becomes a habit. So when you have a thought go lay on the couch and eat bonbons, exactly like you said, and for many of us, exactly like you said, our mind says, for how long? I can't do that. What does that mean that I even want to do that? Which is all just muddying it, right? And like you said, you just do it for all you know, it lasts five minutes and you're over it. But but that meaning just rushes, it floods in. Yeah. And, and like when you were sitting with your partner and then thinking like, well, when is this going to end? You know, you can see that old programming, just the old meaning machine, revving up, coming back in. But but to be able to kind of just see that that's a process that happens. It has a perfect reason for it. It's full yeah. of wisdom, but it's so not needed. Yeah, I can feel how that just allows us to just be. And again, then the healing, it's not even a, a thing you notice. It's just, it's always happening. I love what you said about um, the wisdom of that. And, and, and actually, when you mentioned protection, it reminded me of what had occurred to me before. I think it was probably on day three of four days with, with Annika um, all those years ago that I said, if I don't think so hard, like, I don't remember what I said, but it's just coming back to me. I, like, I, I thought that sounded dangerous. Yeah. You know, I said, my, all that thinking has kept me alive to date. You know, that's what's kept me going, my work. And you're telling me to take my foot off the pedal, right? And I think she said something like, are you sure? Are you sure that's what kept you alive? Like when you thought about something really, really, really hard, And then in the end, you made a decision or you guided yourself. Are you sure it was all the thinking that did it? Mm -hmm. And I I reflected on that. Like, I just thought about it and I had never questioned it. And And I thought, oh my God, maybe I was doing that in addition. (laughs) <laughs> maybe I was just doing that in addition, but it was scary for me. I'll tell you it, it was scary. And I hope, I really hope I'm being kind of ordinary and practical enough about this. Like, let me know if I'm skipping over any steps or because, because this sounds so grand, but it's, it's, it's so, um, what we, we all have this and we all have prompts and we all have thinking and we all have wisdom and it just shows up differently for us. And, we don't always notice it, but, but it was scary for me that I, the thought of, of letting that go. And, um, I think I just let myself test it gently. I don't, I don't think I totally took my hands off the wheel, you know, or my foot off the grass. I, and I, and to this day, I still don't always, but I, there is, there's a way that it's like if if you don't know that that cut's going to heal, it makes sense to stay up all night. It makes sense to pray on it. It makes sense to 
say affirmations and, and work it. It makes sense to kiss it and love it and do all kinds of things. And if in the course of doing all that, it heals, you might think it was doing all that that made it heal. So you do that the rest of your life and you never test it. You never say, you know, if I sit around like a bomb and watch Marvel movies, might I get better? Yeah. Well, let me check it out. <laughs> I mean, I think that's so big. Worst like, case scenario, you watch a lot of fun movies. but <laughs> Right, right. You have fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's... Uh... Just, I love how you're talking about just testing it and just mm-hmm. considering because I, I, you know, it is, it's terrifying. If you think yeah. your mind has kept you alive this far, yeah. you will not look away from your mind and you shouldn't if you, right. if that's your belief, right? You, you shouldn't. shouldn't. Right. Wisdom won't let you, your own, what you see won't let you. So, so I love that. And also seeing, like you said, you, you don't feel like you're at this place where now you never look to your mind for anything, for any kind of protection. I mean, this is not that sort of thing at all. You can have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake at the same time for a little while. You can, you can test it for a second and then dive back into your old stuff if that's what you feel like you need to do. And I I just think that's such an important point that you're making. And You've made it throughout because again, there's no like perfect, non-messy thing we're talking about here, but it's almost that leaning in and and just seeing what happens. Yeah. And you can never, you can never test it. And that's perfect too. You can, you can not buy a single word of this and you'll live your, your life, your way. And at some point you might notice that Perhaps even in defiance of all of this, life might just sneak a little presence to you without you looking. You know, when you're not looking, it might just, it might just conspire to, to help you out anyway, you know, because I, I really do feel the miracle of the skin healing. I I feel the power of that that is so easily taken for granted the way that leaves turn to the sun the way that sea turtles find their way across an ocean they've never traveled before when they're hatched there's there's just it it's awesome yeah. <laughs> it's really there's there's so much awe and beauty in that and you know what if i never apply it to myself fine if I notice the beauty of nature and it gives me a sense of awe, or maybe I don't know exactly how things work. Maybe there's something beyond my capacity to comprehend. Maybe there's things I don't know. Maybe there's a perfection to nature. Maybe I am nature. Maybe I am that intelligence too. Yeah. Well, no matter what I do with my life, I've just been touched with a possibility I didn't have before. And it might have made me smile for a moment. Yeah. And sometimes that's all we get, you know? I always say like some days the best thing I can do is get through that day. Not so often anymore. It's yeah. more like moments, but or hours. But some days that's true, you know. And then some days um it's like wow, I am participating because I stayed alive. Because I somehow was blessed. <laughs> With staying alive and sticking around 
which doesn't have to happen. That's another whole topic. But like I get to watch that bird paddle around on the water and have fun, right? Or I get to, you know, like there's, I just think the more that the agenda of what life's supposed to look like fades away, the more there's just moments. I get to show up when a friend's hurting. Wow. You know, I had a client once, a student in my school who um, was really depressed and talked all the time about just there was never a moment of peace in her life and she just wanted to die and she, very suicidal, talked about it all the time. And, you know, it's so interesting. I would see her on Zoom and I would see when it came for her to kind of share how she's feeling and her story, you could just see everything drop. And you could see it, you could see the story pick up. And yeah. so the story consistently, yes, was like, nothing brings me joy. I don't care about anything, all of this. And yet, I hope people hear this the right way, but not the right way. But yeah. uh, yet she would come to our calls sometimes yeah. and have her nails professionally done. And that was so curious to me because yeah. I knew she was not, I knew she was totally genuine about how she was feeling. Yeah. But I also sensed so much. There were so many little clues of how she would go to her mind, kind of like you were saying, and say, this is my problem. It's time to bring my problem to the table and look at it and talk about it. And yet yeah. there, were, there had to have been moments in her life when she cared at least a little bit about something to get her nails done, right? <laughs> now, again, I'm not saying she was super happy, joyful, but, but do you know what I mean? Or like when you, oh, yeah. I've caught myself in like feeling like I'm in this horrible mood and then I'll like hum a bar of a song. Like, where the hell did <laughs> right. come from? I feel like garbage right now. What am I doing singing, you know? and right. I, But I, everything you're sharing, it just points to that. And I think it feels like if people can notice those little, all that stuff that wants to happen through us, that is happening through us, that our mind will kind of just bat out of the way sometimes. Yes. But I, I, I don't know. It sounds like for you, like your mind is kind of, doesn't bat that out of the way in quite the same way as it used to, or you're onto it a little more. So you do get to notice all of that. Yeah. You know what? I I loved that example about the nails. It's, it's so beautiful when, when we can point people towards things that in some ways are little miracles that they don't notice. And, and there's no miracle too small. You know, did you get up and brush your teeth this morning? Exactly. Yeah. What's did, what's you, that? did you do what, that? Or is he doing that? You know, like right. did something, did the same, like you said, the same energy that's kept you alive somehow brush yeah. your teeth for you this morning? Yeah. And, you know, I think a big piece of it for me, this comes along with making meaning. Is it okay to share one more thing? Yeah, yeah. So much self-judgment. It's another way of making meaning. It's making meaning of me. It's thinking that um, I'm doing life right or I'm doing life wrong. And I was, um, I was with a friend I don't know if you heard this story, but I was with a friend who, super athletic, outdoorsy, active, amazing woman. 
And she, for some reason, developed incredible um, dizziness, uh, vertigo, vertigo. Yeah. debilitating vertigo. And it got worse and worse to the point where I think it was almost a couple of years for a, a significant number of months, if not a year, she could, without, the only way she could not have terrible discomfort was if she sat and stared straight ahead and nobody got close to her. Wow. There was no TV, there was no books, there was just blank visual field. So she went from rock climbing mountains to sitting still. And she was a friend, she wasn't a client. And she, but I went over to her house one day and she, she was distressed. She said, you know, I, I just feel like, well, I won't say all the things she felt, but you can imagine the fear and the, the loss of the life she had had and nobody knew what it was. So that could have been the rest of her life for all she knew. Way to like be tempted to go into the future. I can't move and I'm still alive. And I'm young, right? Yeah. How long is this going to last? But she said, you know, I should be grateful because I have this loving family. Some people would be alone, you know, and, and they're, they're taking care of me and bringing me food. And, you know, I should really should feel grateful. I just wish I felt grateful more. And I was just struck by this idea that we should feel a certain way mm -hmm. and the number it was doing on this person who was already suffering. And I just said to her, I said, do you know that people who feel great, grateful, who feel gratitude, they're, they're no better than you. <laughs> they don't, they're not doing life better than you. Yeah. They're being blessed at that moment that they have gratitude. But the gift of gratitude, it has come to them. Yeah. You know, we all know we can try to create gratitude. There's practices we can do, but, but ultimately gratitude comes or gratitude doesn't come. Right. And of course she felt gratitude at times, but in that moment she felt bad that she wasn't feeling grateful yeah. for a situation that, you know, I know I'd feel so much fear in. Um, and I just, I just said, you know, when I, when great gratitude comes to me, I just feel lucky gratitude came to me. I don't credit myself, right, usually. And now I think what's been helpful about having my knees to the ground and my face in the mud is that I credit myself even less. You know, I credit myself less for the beautiful moments. It's just like, thank God I've got this beautiful moment of presence. And I blame myself less for the down moments. Yeah. That's, that's been such a gift. So I can honestly sit with people and say, yeah, me too. You know, honestly, honestly, you're not doing life wrong if you feel horrible. You're not doing life wrong if you want to kill yourself. You're not doing life wrong. You're not doing your psychology wrong. You're not doing your psychology wrong if you really do believe that you're going to be in pain the rest of your life. I hope you're not, but you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And beyond, you know, I feel like, um, you know, I've had a number of businesses, and so I know what it, it is to micromanage. <laughs> It's been a long process of learning not to do that. And I see the same with my mind. I'm going to do, I'm going to bungle it up when I try to micromanage it. Yeah. 
there's an intelligence far greater. And you can think of that, what, like whatever it is. I heard a story, I don't know if it's true for sure, but there was, a, um, we'll just pretend it's true because I think it's a really cool story. <laughs> I think it was true. Um, somebody maybe one day will listen to one of these recordings and say, yeah, I know that story. I'm going to send it to you because I haven't been able to find it. But there were a bunch of city planners with a traffic problem. Like they couldn't figure out, they couldn't figure out how to redirect. And they are PhDs and they're smart and they'd learned a lot. And it occurred to one person one day to sit by an, a little ant path and watch the ants. And through that experience, saw a new solution for the traffic. Yeah. You know, we are those ants. We are the intelligence of nature. It's not that nature knows better than us. We are it. But we can get in there and we can pick at the scab and we can, we can do our stuff in a way that takes a lot of effort is really tiring or we can um, start to to feel supported in little ways just the instinct to sleep how brilliant is that the instinct to eat how brilliant is that the instinct to get a breath of fresh air when I used to early on this is, I feel like I'm going on a bit long I'm going to make this the last thing I say <laughs> Unless you ask another question, but when I was, um, I early on in my, my healing uh, profession, I learned hypnotherapy. And one of the, the first things we learned, um, we talked about people who want to quit smoking. Well, what is the smoking bringing them? Like for the person who's in a basement office all day, and it's acceptable to say, I need to go have a cigarette and get outside. Yeah. Right. But it's not acceptable to say in that office situation, every, you know, 15 minutes or half hour, I'm going to go take a break. But it is. So, so those cigarettes are serving that person. And it looks like I'm self-destructive, but really it's thank God I get to go outside and breathe deeply. Mm -hmm. So we can really start to look at all the ways that that wisdom shows up for us. I love I, I just so much, uh, so much stepping out of the way and just seeing how life already has yeah. been living us that we're so understandably blind to when we're caught up in our minds, you know, but I just, I think everything in this conversation is so helpful for people to just start to open their, their vision a little bit more and notice some of what is already happening. Again, that, like that's huge <laughs> to even say that you haven't shared anything that we need to do or add or that you know, to, to our point in the beginning, like when you heal, you'll see this, like, no, it's there right now. It's there right now. And just being in conversation around this, it's like your eyes, our eyes just get to open to it more and more. And I think especially, I'm very excited for people to listen to this. I have like a list of people in my head that I can't wait to share it with because oh, the bit too around, you know, that, that, you're not doing anything wrong. If you don't feel gratitude or you are scared or you're anxious or you feel depressed right now, it's not that you're missing something. Right. I mean, that's just such a funny way our mind comes in and like used to tries to micromanage it because yeah. it loves us. It wants to help us, but there is nothing wrong with what we're feeling. Oh, and it means nothing about us, you know, yeah. it, and it means nothing about how 
how you'll heal or how you are in the process. It means nothing about anything. It's yeah. life working perfectly through you. I just think those are everything you shared. It's so great, Sharon. I just, oh. I can't wait for people to hear this. I mean, just such big, uh, just, I just want to like sigh relief, you know, just big right. like sigh of relief kind of messages. Yes. I love that sigh of relief. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much for it's having this conversation. Yeah, I know it's so hope great. It's helpful. I know it will be. Mm. And it was, it was so fun for me to get to hear more from you too. Finally. <laughs> yeah. For me too. Awesome. Just Thank a you. pleasure. Thank you. Hey, did you know that my two flagship programs, the little school of big change and the change coach training program now have self-study versions? That means you don't have to wait until the next live group starts. You can get instant access to the Little School of Big Change curriculum or to an extensive set of lessons and coaching sessions in the case of the Change Coach Home Study course and start seeing more right away. The best part, this is awesome, is that you get to go through the self-study versions now or whenever you're ready and then also join the next live guided versions of these courses. So your investment for the self-study course goes toward the price of the live course if you choose to upgrade. It's a total win-win. You can get this content now, do whatever you want with it at your own pace, and also let me guide you and support you and lead you through it when it's time. I'd love to see you try out one of these self-study courses. You can find links to both of them in the show notes.